This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This is episode 32 entitled Let Us Live Our Faith. But first a prayer. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. This is the episode there it's 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 linked with episode 31 you could almost call them a two part of the same message but um basically um this is this is mainly aimed, mainly aimed at set of a contest. Although some of it could be aimed at the uh, Vatican II sect members or the neo traditionalists. Um, quite frankly, um, basically. I've I've been dealing with Sederacontis online since 2018. And, well, not just Sederacontis, obviously, the neo-traditionalists and the Vatican II types, but basically, you can call it what you want to. I actually, and yes, I do understand that people are people. Um, I've lived too long to believe otherwise, but, um, that different people react differently, but at least online, at least online, there seems to be this attitude amongst set of a contest that, well, I'm baptized and confirmed. I go, I go to mass once a week or whenever your mass Whenever you have mass, that's enough. And to anybody who knows their faith, knows that 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 no, that's not enough. Um, you know, confirmation is the beginning of your spiritual journey. And the spiritual life is no different than your regular life. You know, you start out a novice, you get a little more experience, and hopefully by the time you die, you've accumulated much more wisdom than when you started. And there seems to be the misapprehension in a lot of people. Well, I went to college. I'm a smart person. I don't care if you're Stephen Hawking. You think Stephen Hawking, you know, and 
supposedly the guy's IQ's off the charts, but I know for a fact when it comes to things um, spiritual, religious, he's an ignoramus. Now, I also know that um, he's either an atheist or he's a secularist. You know, in my mind, automatically, that disqualifies him from me ever taking advice from him or direction. Because the knowledge of this world means nothing. You know, the last thing we want to do, you know, it's, you know, to have knowledge of doctrine, uh, canon law, and church history, yeah, that's very nice. But the stuff that's actually going to get you to heaven is actually going to be your relationship which you had with Lord Jesus and his blessed mother and the heavenly kingdom. Now, I just want people to think about this. I'm, I'm talking about set of contests. Do you think when you go before your final judgment, Jesus is going to say, ask you, well, what is your interpretation of the Vatican II document, blah, blah, blah? Or what is your interpretation of the Fenius heresy? Or do you think it's a heresy? No. No, and anybody with ears to hear, knows that I'm right. What he's going to ask is, what did you do for my kingdom while I was here on earth? What did you do for me and my blessed mother while you were here on earth? And how close did you try to get to us while you were down on earth? Those are going to be the questions he has. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that uh, dogma is not necessary. It is. Dogma's the truth. Okay, dogma is the ultimate truth. But that's, that's the foundation. That is, well, actually... Uh, Dogma is probably the uh, the cornerstone of the spiritual life. And anybody who's ever been Protestant or Vatican II formally know this. You cannot get to spiritual truth without correct dogma. Okay? And... Anybody who's ever read and is theologically literate, the spiritual writings of Vatican II people and um, uh, Protestants will will tell you, you know, that this is that there's there's nothing there. It's all it's all show and no glow. So yes, dogma is important, but it's not the end all. And the spiritual life, as I said in the previous episode, is the foundation for you 
to get closer to Lord Jesus and Mother Mary. Okay? It's the foundation. So, um, basically, we, it's, it's not enough just, like I said, dogma's not enough. You got to actually live what you claim to believe. Now, I know a lot, well, there are a certain set of accountants who will swear up and down that they love Jesus and the Blessed Mother, and then they'll turn around and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, uh, they'll, uh, downgrade another set of a contest or they'll, um, you know, they, they don't pray the rosary. They don't say, uh, many prayers throughout the day. Now, before I get any objections and I always have to remind myself of the disclaimer, disclaimer, everything that I'm talking about, I've either done in the past or I'm doing now, but I am working on it. This is not aimed at any one particular person. This is not aimed. Um, this is, this is a generality. It's, it's not a broad brush. It's a generality. Generalities are, um, if the shoe fits where it otherwise, you know, take it as you will. But, um, they're not, they're not living their faith. Oh, I, I realized what I was going to say. Um, I understand that human humans have frailties and I believe me, I've got a bitter experience in this. They, every human has frailties and faults, but part of living your faith is to go in prayer to the Lord Jesus and his blessed mother and not just them, but the heavenly kingdom. What do you think? Who do you think are, is in the heavenly kingdom? The Trinity and the the saints. <laughs> you know, there there is a reason we have a book of saints. There is a reason why we read the saints. Because there is a reason that um that we that we ask the saints to pray for us is because they are friends of God. Um, they didn't have to go through purgatory. They were so pleasing to God that the Catholic Church literally calls the saints friends of God. So, you know, there, there are patron saints for a reason. There are a reason we, we ask certain saints for certain favors. But if you're not if you're not asking them to help you, if you're not, you know, reading about them and see and seeing and trying to implement what made them friends with God, you're not practicing the true Catholic faith. Okay? You're not. Um, 
It might have been, well, I don't want to say because I'm not exactly sure, but there was a saint who says, don't be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Meaning, just don't listen, put it into practice. We are supposed to live our faith. And there's no reason, um, you know, as I said in the previous episode, not everybody is going to be a saint, but we are to, uh, we are not only just to try to be a saint, we're to actually want to be a saint. And the rest is up to God and his blessed mother. But, um, basically, you know, a lot of people, the best, best example I could use is in the gospels. Um, I think it was St. John, but it was in one of the gospel narrations where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he's literally telling them, and he's actually quoting from the book of Isaiah. He's saying, your lips worship me, but your hearts are far away from me. Okay? Now, anybody who's read the saints knows that, and not just the saints, the doctors of the church and, um, you know, even in the Bible, this is not our home. The earth is not our home. We're not, we are not to form an attachment to anything on this earth. Okay? Um, our main, our main, uh, our main uh, allegiance is to be to the Lord Jesus and his blessed mother. Everything else is secondary. And there's a reason why God gave us saints and doctors of the church and the Bible for that matter. But we're to try to follow Jesus' example while we're here on earth, which means reading your Bible. And no, reading your Bible doesn't mean reading an entire chapter or a book of the Bible in one sitting. Father Bernard Utley in The Spiritual Life says, if you can only read one paragraph a day and just think about that one paragraph while you're working, that's good enough. But we're to follow his example. We're to follow the teachings of the doctors of the church and the saints and their, their spiritual teachings too. And to be quite honest, really, if you break it down, the teachings of the fathers, well, the fathers of the church were more doctrinal. The, um, the teachings of the, uh, the doctors of the church after the last uh, church father had died, was basically um, 
Some of it was doctrinal too, because obviously we've had heresies throughout our history, but there was also um, the spiritual teachings. And the, 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 the saints that gave us spiritual writings were obviously giving us spiritual teachings. We're supposed to put that into practice. Actually, we're supposed to not just put it into practice, but live it. Um, and once again, this is not a broad brush. This is not aimed at anybody in particular. But I have noticed that there's a certain segment of set of a contest who don't seem to be living their faith. They are not living their faith. It does not... Now, I do realize we live in modern times. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for reminding me. But that's another thing, too. In my last episode, I talked about sentimentality. Sentimentality is also the mistaken impression that, oh, if I just lived in the 1700s, oh, if I lived in the 1300s, that's sentimentality. You were put in this time and place for a reason, wherever you're at. I don't care if you're in the Australian outback, the heart of London, the streets of Tel Aviv, um, Chicago, New York, or, uh, you know, some little podunk town in the middle of America. You were put in this time and whatever place you're at for a reason. And that's why I keep hammering the, uh, the teachings of divine providence. To, th- to those of you with a spiritual wisdom and understanding, no. The Great Tribulation, my own belief is it hasn't hit us yet. I believe that the Great Tribulation will go into effect when the Great Reset is put fully into effect. Right now, I believe the powers of this world are just basically, um, they're testing the waters. They're seeing you know, what they can get away with. But I um, I believe that when the Great Reset happens, that um, that's when the Great Tribulation starts. Now, I want those of you who are hung up on the outwards, the externals, the church, the mass, um, the priests, the sacraments. Do you think, and I want you to consider this seriously because it's a serious question, do you think that 
when the infant church first started out in Rome, that everybody had access to a valid priest, that everybody had access to valid sacraments. If those of you who know your church history knows, there were plenty of heretics claiming to be Catholic who weren't. As a matter of fact, I think it was St. Augustine who says this, that the reason why we are called Catholics is because too many people call themselves Christian who are not actually practicing the true religion. Now, of course, this has gotten kind of messed up with Vatican II, um, which is why I say what I say, you know, Vatican II sect, neo-traditionalists. But that is why, you know, the word Catholic started being used. Now, I believe the term started with an earlier church father, probably in the first century. But um, in one of his writings, and ironically enough, the Protestants who, um, who claim they follow Augustine admit that uh, omit omit that that quotation from their you know quotes of him but now fast forward you know the the powers of this world have already discredited the outward externals of the Catholic Church the the clergy, the um, the buildings, the mass, the sacraments have already corrupted that. So most people who do not have spiritual eyes and ears, when they you know, like I said, I'm, I was guilty of this at one time. Think that this you know that it's the actual Catholic Church. It isn't. So I want you to think about what will happen because I am firmly convinced that this will happen because it's already starting to happen. To those of you who use archive.org, there are certain traditional Catholic books or true Catholic books that were in print that archive.org has taken off of their archive. Now this is this is started on a small scale. I firmly believe that when, not if, when the Great Tribulation starts, if you're having mass right now, if you're blessed right now to have mass in an actual building, those will be taken from you. If you are actually blessed to have a regular priest or bishop, they will be arrested. Your sacraments will be completely and utterly gone. Or, or if they do exist, if say like it, during the 1930s Mexico and 1500s England where 
you are blessed, and believe me, you will be blessed if this happens, where you have an actual real priest who can give you the sacraments, um, that's going to be rare. Rare. And don't, don't think that they won't be betrayed. Anybody who knows their Catholic history knows that there were certain priests in England and certain priests in Mexico who were turned over to the Masonic authorities for execution. So don't, you know, don't think that, you know, if, if you're lucky, or I'm sorry, blessed enough to have this, that it's going to be a continuous thing. There is the reason why set of a contest priest, this isn't anything that I'm making up, you know, this is not anything that I'm making up. Sedvacantus priests have done sermons on this. The importance of examine, everyday examination of conscience. You do not have to go to a priest to examine your conscience. Now, if you do have a priest, whatever you confess before you get to him, you got to confess it in confession. But you could still confess it. There is a reason that the Catholic Church gave us spiritual communion. Because there may come a time where you will have... Actually, there's some set of a contest, and I know what I'm speaking, I'm acquainted with one, who have absolutely no access to the sacraments. No access to a set of a contest priest. Let us not get hung up on the externals. Okay? What's more important is the love of Lord Jesus and his blessed mother and the desire and the will to do what they say and to live how they say. And we have to do the best we can with what we have. You know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you need those externals. But if you're, if you are literally that, uh, what I would call scrupulous, that you think that um, spiritual communion is is uh, non-effective because it's not the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ and you don't do an examination of conscience because you don't think that, you know, <laughs> somehow or another God and his blessed mother aren't keeping track of your activities throughout the day. So confessing to them is useless. Um... I, I'm I'm afraid if you're that scrupulous, you are absolutely going to be lost when the powers of this world take those things from you. And as I said before, I, I think in my previous episode, I believe that the reason that Lord Jesus is allowing this to happen is that for too long Catholics have been able to skate by on the you know having legitimate sac uh, sacraments, having legitimate priests and clergy, having 
beautiful churches to go to. And I think my my um, theory is is that when the Great Tribulation comes up, he wants Catholics, true Catholics, to be able to have enough faith, trust, hope, and confidence and love in him and his blessed mother that it does it, it won't matter. It won't matter if they're isolated in some farmhouse deep in the mountains or some farmhouse deep in the middle of nowhere that they will be able to lead holy lives and, and charitable lives toward our Blessed Mother and the Lord Jesus, that they will still be able, you know, um, to get to heaven. Okay, so for those of you, for those of you who are living, you know, under under the uh, illusion that you know, um, it's it's all got to you know, it's all got to be done on the outside. You're, I, I'm afraid, not only are you in for a rude shock. But the whole purpose of Catholicism is the internal life. There were periods in the church's history, um, granted, not as protracted as this one may be, but there were periods where the sacraments that they received and the priests that they went to, they had no idea whether or not they were valid or not. But they had the trust and love and have confidence in Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother that they would never do anything, um, you know, that they would never lead them astray. And by the way, full disclosure, confidence, faith, hope, and charity, not toward, not just toward the Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother, but toward my fellow man, these are issues in my life. But I desire, as far as I can tell, I desire truthfully to be as close to them as I possibly can and to do their will as best as I can. So, um, you know, I... My strong suggestion is start in, you know, basically the spiritual life is the interior, the interior life of Jesus and his blessed mother. And we need to develop that. If you're coasting by on, you know, if you're blessed enough to live in an actual set of Acontis parish and you're just coasting by, you're doing nothing to prepare for the future. Um, I, I pray that, and I mean this sincerely, I pray that you will, you will get wise quickly. The time for coasting's over. It's actually time to get up and start doing work. And, you know, 
Um, part of being there, there's a reason why St. Paul in his epistles uses military metaphors. I'm thinking of Ephesians in particular, but other fathers and doctors of the church have used military metaphors and so have the saints. There's a reason for this. And there's a reason why the Catholic church calls the church on earth, the church militant, not because, you know, and I understand the youngsters, they, they thinking, you know, they're, they're, they're young and they're full of, vinegar and and vigor but they're not filled with wisdom they think oh let's go out and do a crusade and they've got all these romantic notions in their head the reason we're called in the church militant is we are in spiritual warfare with the flesh the devil and the world okay we are in combat with him and it's not you know, um, in actual warfare, you might have a quieter, uh, a quiet day or two in between fighting. Um, in the spiritual warfare, there is no quiet. There is no quiet. But the reason why I'm bringing up the church militant is, having been former military, I can assure you that. The military has a code of conduct, not just for when you're on base, but for when you're on leave, when you're when you're out in the uh, the neighboring town that you're stationed in. There's a certain code of conduct that you must follow, and there's also. They've moved away from this in recent decades, but the code of, uh, I'm sorry, the, the penalty for cowardice in the face of the enemy was death. They literally shot people for retreating. They literally shot people for refusing to follow orders. In certain militaries, I'm thinking of World War II Germany in particular, a NCO under German um, German um, regulations, if a soldier underneath him refused to follow a direct order, he was justified in taking his pistol or rifle and shooting that person on the spot. But I said this in an earlier episode, but it bears repeating that we were, I was stationed in West Germany. And when we got to West Germany, you had to go through a briefing. Actually, that's part of being in the military is getting briefings. And we, we were told before we were even allowed to go to our uh, temporary barracks to sleep because we'd been on the plane for 12 hours was that you are representatives for the United States and the United States government act like it. 
now knowing now, or yeah, knowing now what I, if I'd known then what I'd known now, I'd realize it's a total inversion of spiritual principles, but the principle is the same. If you love Lord Jesus and you love the Blessed Mother as a soldier of Christ, it is incumbent upon you to live the oath you took at baptism if you're an adult. Now, if you're confirmed, no matter, you take an oath at confirmation too. You know, these, and by the way, Unlike the fake oath I took to the fake government of the United States, these oaths are to God himself and his blessed mother. These actually mean something. And they have actual eternal consequences if for whatever reason you fail to fulfill them. Okay? Um... But the whole purpose of this episode is to get people to understand that, you know, we have to live our faith. Living your faith, as I said earlier, does not consist of keeping the fasts, going to mass, and following the doctrines. You know, um, the fast and, and the going to mass, that's obedience. The doctrine also is of obedience. But having a, a, um, a living your faith, in order to do that, you have to have a spiritual life. And that's no less obedience than the other two I just listed. That's no less obedience. You know, let me let me make it as simple for you guys as I can. Those of you who were um, blessed to live in a, you know, with two loving parents in a stable household know perfectly well that part of your love meant being obedient to your mother and father. Now, I want you to take it a step further and think about these are your earthly parents. What, you, you think that the rules for your earthly parents don't extend to your heavenly parents? Mm, give it some thought. Entertain the idea. Because it is important. And the powers of this world have done their best to basically naturalize everything. But all they've done by naturalizing everything, they've just made it that people don't understand that the things that they've naturalized, their basis comes in Catholic truth. They've just tried to remove God and the Catholic Church from the equation. There's a lot of stuff in the natural world where there are spiritual principles and Catholic teachings involved. 
if you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Okay, so... We have to live our faith. And living our faith means that we must take the things out of our life that keep us, whether knowingly or uh, unknowingly, that keep us from truly living our faith. And I'm going to list these things. Be the change that you want to be. Now, this is more geared toward the Vatican II types. And it really disappoints me. And I understand that, you know, they're ignorant and a lot of them have been ill-formed. So they don't know any better. But it disappoints me when I see these Vatican II types Defending the indefensible. You know, there are some that will be so bold as to say that Mr. Bergoglio is an actual pope. There are some that will go so far, they'll, they'll say, well, no, Mr. Bergoglio is not a legitimate pope, but the popes before him were legitimate, and um, the Vatican II Council is legitimate, knowing, well, with some of the younger ones, they may actually be ignorant of how Vatican II literally contradicts church teaching. And they may even be so ignorant as not to know that Catholic teaching cannot contradict itself. But it disappoints me. Because they'll go on social media They'll go on social media and they'll they'll gripe and complain. Mr. Bergoglio did this and uh, Bishop so and so Vatican II said that. Oh, I'm so uh, I'm, I'm so sad, but there's nothing I can do because I'm just a layman. <laughs> no, as a Catholic. You are called upon to practice your faith with sincerity and integrity. If you can see actual... Now, for some of you younger guys, this is going to sound revolutionary. If you see something that you think may be heretical or that you actually know is heretical... Griping on Facebook and Twitter or on your podcast isn't doing you any good. You are called upon, as a Catholic layman, to educate yourself on what the church actually teaches. Now, I'm willing to be charitable and, and say, you know, because um, the Axers and the Boomers are guilty of this to a certain degree, too. I happen to be a kind of an outlier. Although, Lord knows, I've got my share of modernism. But I know that the two younger generations, they've had everything given to them. Even when they were wrong, mommy and daddy defended them. Well, your duty as a Catholic is, is not to, uh, to pray and obey. I mean, 
you are supposed to pray, you are supposed to to obey, but legitimate authorities, legitimate authorities. Now, if you believe that the Catholic Church is the one true religion, and you see stuff being practiced in the Vatican II sect that has nothing to do with true Catholicism, but you're sitting on your thumb saying, well, I'm just a layman. A, a white knight on a horse seal come and save me. You, you have been ill-served and you're ill-serving yourself. And heaven forbid if you actually have a family because you're not setting the example. And, and their souls will be on you. Just like your soul will be on those who misled you. But ultimately, you are responsible for your own soul. That's the bottom line. Ultimately, you are responsible for your own soul. And unfortunately, nobody else can do that for you but yourself. Now... I, I I know the Vatican II types like to throw mud, so I'm going to make this clear. I'm not saying that we're Pelagian and that everything is on us. No, we are to ask the heavenly kingdom and the saints and Lord Jesus and his blessed mother and the Holy Trinity for help finding that truth. But it's our responsibility, you know, to at, at, at least make the attempt a sincere and honest attempt, not a half-hearted one. So, you know, instead of moaning and complaining on social media, you know, and doing nothing, you know, I, I find a lot, well, they're, they're set of accountants actually guilty of this too. More concerned with, the political situation of the world than they are of their actual souls. Now, I do realize to have a detached view of the world is a, a blessing and a grace. So I'm trying not to, not to be uh, harsh, but pray for the wisdom to detach yourself from the world. Once you get this blessing and grace, you will realize how much time you've wasted, and I'm including myself in this, on politics, on sports ball, on, you know, secular, secular things. You know, if you truly love Jesus and the Blessed Mother, then you will know the most important thing that you can do is first primarily get yourself to heaven, your family and friends to heaven, and, you know, Lord willing, hopefully get some unbelievers into heaven. The, um, the next one is live your faith. And I did kind of care uh I did kind of touch on this in earlier in the episode. You know, it's just not a matter of making the sign of the cross. It's not just a matter of going um making your Sunday obligations. It's not a matter of keeping the appointed fast. I mean, those are outward signs, yes. 
But one of Jesus' biggest um, com- um, condemnations of the Pharisees was, was that they had the outward signs of holiness, but inside they couldn't have been farther away from God. If they, well, in some cases, I think they actually did try, but some of them unconsciously were so far away from God and didn't even realize it. Because Jesus was literally performing miracles in front of them, and they were saying he was doing it by satanic powers. Okay? So, it you know, living your faith doesn't just mean the outward signs. It, it actually means interiorly. It actually means holding yourself to a higher example than the people... Uh, holding yourself to a higher ex- example of standard, I'm sorry, standard, than the people around you. You know, um, to my great shame, I got to admit, I showed more charity toward, toward my two neighbors when I lived in the large Midwestern city than I have to other people online. I have actually purposely been uncharitable and mean to them. And I justified my actions. I was literally justifying the indefensible. If we're taking our spiritual life seriously, if we're taking our faith seriously. But um, I'm working on that. God has given me the grace. God and his blessed mother has given me the grace and the wisdom to recognize that I was wrong. And I'm working on that particular thing. But we have to live our faith. You know. Um, Now, if you do the rosary, you know, um, that, you know, obviously doing the rosary, that's, that's not, you know, that's not, um, making public your faith or I'm, I'm sorry, your, your spiritual life, because every, you know, every practicing Catholic does do the rosary. Now me personally, I try to do mine in private. I try to do all my prayers in private. And if you're doing any spiritual devotions, um, or practices, um, there's a reason why Jesus, uh, I think it was in the book of Matthew, told his disciples, he said, you know, if you're fasting, don't announce it to the world, you know, like the hypocrites do. You know, um, he said blaring of trumpets and disfiguring of their face and stuff. He said, do it in secret and your heavenly father will bless you. It's the same thing with our spiritual life, our spiritual practices, our devotions. And now, and I do realize that some of you are probably married. Um, in this particular case, um, if you're married with kids, you should definitely tell them what you are doing and share it with them and get them to do it if it's possible. 
But I mean, you know, the guy that, that you have barbecues with, or maybe you have a beer with, no, you don't, you don't want to be telling what you're doing. And I try at all costs to, uh, not, not announce what I, um, what I do. Lead by example. Now, this particular uh, fault is especially been prevalent. I mean, it's always been prevalent. It's part of human nature. But in the past, like, 60 years, it's gotten bad. I mean, just obnoxiously bad. Because um, for the longest time, I've had... And once again, this is part of human nature. I've had good examples, but I've had hypocritical leaders. And at that time, there was no wisdom in me. And when I could see the hypocrisy in them, I would tell them to their face, you're, you're a hypocrite. And, um, you know, or, or if I if I wasn't being outwardly mulish, inwardly I would be mulish, which is just stubbornness. But you know, and I I could you know I there there are entire political channels dedicated from either side, the leftist or you know the neoconservative side, who who will do nothing but. Uh, chronicle the hypocrisy. Um, basically, secular politics. It's 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 a rigged game. And what I was going to say is is pointing out the hypocrisy in a politician or any public figure. It doesn't have to be a politician, movie star, whatever. Take your pick. Sports ball figure. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Okay. So. Basically. Lead by example means. Don't ask anybody to do anything. That you wouldn't do yourself. Um, support your people. Support your people. And. Do everything that you can. To, to make sure that they don't get unjustly treated. And if you do need to correct them, correct them in private. I, I you know, I, I can't tell you the amount of times where, you know, I've, I've had a supervisor or an NCO or an officer call me out in public. And basically, you know, the last three things that I just said are basically uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Unless you're different from most human beings, I'm sure that the last three things I went to are things that they hate in others. Well, if you hate it in others, don't do it to others. And then the last point is credibility. Now, one of the guys, or I'm sorry, one of the adults 
that was instrumental in my upbringing. Well, not my upbringing, but my example. I, I didn't have an upbringing per se, but he was an example. He, he taught me that your credibility outside of your, your spiritual life with God is the, you know, spiritual life also means faith, but it's the only thing that you've got. Now, unfortunately, when he taught me this, I was a young teenager. And being a young teenager and being who I was, it took me from hard experience to realize what a valuable lesson he had given me. And he wasn't the only one, but he was the first. And in in rare points in my life, I, I'd had other people that, you know, in their own way taught me the value of credibility. Because if you're not credible, and I'm going to give the examples of credibility, or not the examples, but the the principles of credibility. If, if you're not credible as a person, if people follow you, it's going to be hypocritically and they will soon betray you. But most people are going to write you off. You know, um, there's a reason why the press in the world and politicians in the world are held to such contempt. Because they have no credibility. They have no honor. Now, part of the principles of credibility are um, say what you mean and mean what you say. That goes also with hypocrisy. But tell the truth. Now, I would strongly suggest don't be like me and be give the unvarnished truth. Try to be diplomatic if you have the means to do it. But say the truth, no matter what the cost. And believe me, a, a lot of the reason why a lot of people are hypocrites is not necessarily out of malicious reasons. Is, you know, and I'm not exempting myself from this. Um... You, if you say the unvarnished truth in certain situations, it's going to cost you dearly. I mean dearly. And by the way, the unvarnished truth is if you work, if you don't work for yourself, okay, if you're working for whatever, a company or whatever, um, obviously, if you give them the unvarnished truth and you point out their flaws or whatever, you're not going to have a, a, a job very long. Um, not, uh, not for very long, I should say. But um, the, the, there's a reason why the traditional Catholic Church teaches prudence. But part of prudence is, and I believe it's a holy attribute, to know when you should say the truth and when you should hold your fire. All right, um, this is going to have to go into a second part. I'll be right back. 
Okay, so where I left off was um, the importance of credibility. And I was outlining the principles that give you credibility. Be tougher on yourself than others. Now, this just does not apply in the spiritual realm in regards to charity. This also re, um, this also applies to you in your daily existence, you know, your secular existence. Um, now, this does not mean that you indul- you indulge um, in the spiritual life heresy or error or in the secular realm uh, blatant uh, blatant um, I'm looking for a word basically blatant um, breaking of the rules. But what it does mean is, what it does mean is, is that, and by the way, this especially applies to retail, because one of the things about being tougher on yourself uh, than, than, especially amongst your loved ones, we we will be forgiving toward those we care about, but some rando on the street, you know, and I can't speak for anyone else, but having been on the butt end of this, if you offend a stranger or if they offend you, your first uh, reaction is to cut off their head, verbally speaking, of course. But this does not mean... By holding yourself to a higher standard than the people around you, this does not mean excusing bad behavior. If you're a supervisor and you're there 15 minutes early or a half hour early or even an hour early to work, well... You know, it, it, this is world famous in, in, in the military, uh, especially in the Army Marines. Um, you'll have uh, non-commissioned officers tell you all the time, I want you to be here 15 minutes before formation or your appointment or whatever. And then they'll stroll in five or 10 minutes late. And because they're the big boss, you know, rules don't apply to them. See about lead by example. But anyway, if if there is a, you know, if you're a supervisor or whatever and somebody comes in late, um, before, that's another thing too that a lot of people miss, especially in the secular realm. They think that if a rule's broken, 
you know, a company policy. And by the way, having worked for a lot of companies, I can tell you that those co- those policies, a lot of them have nothing to do with the day-to-day realities of what actually goes on in the place of business. But let's just say they come in late. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people, and trust me, I've worked for them, they'll be the first ones. Oh, you came in late. I got to write you up. That violates, if, if you're truly trying to be a follower of Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother, that's actually pharisaical because Jesus took the Pharisees to task that they were all about the spirit of the law, but not the letter of the law, which was mercy. I'm sorry, they were about the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law, which was mercy. So let's just, let me use this example. Say you're a supervisor at a store and somebody, and because I've been through this, I understand. Let's just say you're getting slammed. I mean, you are absolutely getting slammed. They're supposed to be in at three and they don't call you, but they show up at like quarter after three, three thirty. Before you bust out the pen and the paper, try to at least ascertain, you know, if the hammer needs to be laid down. Now, I do realize, you know, and I do, that a lot of people are liars, uh, blatant liars, and they're not ashamed of it. That they will lie to you. Well, that doesn't mean just because everyone's a lot. Well, not everyone. Most people are liars that everyone's a liar. You know, um, in this, you have to use your critical thinking skills. Has the person been honest with me in the past? Um. You know, is is this person generally on time? Whatever. And that's another thing, too. I had a supervisor when I lived in the large Midwestern town. I would be five minutes late to work and he would wig out on me. Well, he wouldn't. The person I was relieving would wig out on him because I was five, literally five minutes late. Use your critical thinking skills. And if there's a gray area, the Catholic Church teaches this. Err on the side of charity. So if there's a gray area, you're not really sure, give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, if they pull the same thing, like within two or three days, use your critical thinking skills. And they give you the same excuse, obviously. Just use your critical thinking skills. But always hold yourself to the... Basically, expect... Expect... The most out of yourself and lower your expectations when it comes to other people. 
I, and this, I don't care if it's secular. I don't care if it's spiritual. Expect the most out of yourself. Expect, you know. And by the way, the, the two people that I instanced in this example, my neighbors, I just basically, whenever I dealt with them, I expect in one way or another, in different ways, to, you know, to be a little disappointed. Once you get used to the fact that, and this is why in the spiritual life they say don't become attached to creatures. Number one, even with the best intent, you know, if somebody threatens them or something with death in order to betray you, they're going to do it. And honestly speaking, if we're trying to be humble, we might entertain, even though we might think consciously, oh, I'd never do that. Well, but we don't know, do we? We don't know. You know, it's easy to say, oh, I'll never crack under pressure. You know, when everything is peaceful and quiet and there's no gun or knife to your neck. But, you know, just expect to be betrayed. That's the reason why in the spiritual life they don't get attached to human creatures. But the second reason is, and part of this is to remember before, you're, before you started actually getting serious about Jesus and his blessed mother, you were guilty of the same thing. I know I have been of um, letting people down. You know, not you know, um, in, in one way or another, disappointing them. Once you get used to the fact that, you know, and, and, and give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I cannot stress this enough. Give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, don't automatically assume that if somebody disappoints you, that they're doing it maliciously. Now, obviously, once again, you got to use your critical thinking skills. You know, um, some people are actually malicious and will go out of their way to mess with you. But if it's a loved one or well, actually for charity's sake, even if it's some rando on the street, you, if you're truly trying to live your religion, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt too. Now, if they punch you in the face... Well, they're announcing their hostile attempt. And as near as I can tell, I know the old passage about turn the other cheek. Um, to be quite honest, I'm not really sure where to fall on that. Because I've heard both sides. You know, the, the ultra saint side, which says, no, literally turn the other cheek. And then the not so ultra saintly side saying that, well, you know, if they hit you once, turn the other cheek. If they hit you twice, wail on them. So I'm not really sure where to fall on that. But just give people the benefit of the doubt. Go wherever the truth might lead you or may lead you. Whatever the cost. 
this one is so massively important because ultimately, and I've said this in previous episodes, the ultimate truth is God's truth, which is the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church. That is the ultimate truth. Now, I realize that some people are ignorant or, you know, whatever fault they may have and may not realize it. I know it took me a long time to get to where I'm at, so I'm not here to throw any stones. But what I am saying is, is that, you know, if there's obviously hypocrisy and, you know, blatant heresy, you know, part of what made Norvis Ordo Watch such a popular set of a contest website was because the guy documented not only the real heresies that they committed against the true Catholic religion and Jesus Christ and his blessed mother, but he also records their own hypocrisy against themselves. I noticed that when I was a member of the Vatican II Church that they were actually breaking their own doctrine out of their own catechism. Now, obviously, we're all different human beings. So we come, you know, God deals with us in different ways. But if you can see a blatant hypocrisy, if you can see you know, that they're being heretical even by their own terms. Um, You got to follow that truth. You got to follow the ultimate truth wherever it may lead you. No matter what the cost. And this is especially directed at the Vatican II sect members and the Neotrads. Although said vacantists are guilty of it themselves. But I'm going to deal with the Vatican II sect members first. Um, you know, because of human respect. And when I say human respect, I, I'm not necessarily, I mean, it's included, but I'm not referring to friends, neighbors, uh, fellow parishioners in their church. Talk about actual family members. They know that, you know, well, if they don't know intellectually, unconsciously, they realize that there's something wrong there. But because, or um, also, this may be a factor because of a position or a well-paying job that they hold, that they may lose that job or position because... They're breaking from what their friends and family consider orthodoxy. You're not setting, you're not setting the example if you're allowing other people to dictate. And I hate to say this. And by the way, Jesus said it so in his own gospel. Whoever does not hate mother, father, sister, brother, wife, husband, whatever, for my sake, is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Now, don't be a Protestant and think, 
Oh, he's telling us to hate our loved ones. No. No. What he is saying is what I, exactly what I'm telling you. Follow the truth where it may lead you, wherever it leads you. And if it puts you away from your family, because you got to understand the context of when he wrote that. He, had, he hadn't even started his church yet. And, you know, because he's God, the author of Time and Space, he knew that it was going to break up families. But since he is the ultimate truth, he, he was telling his, you know, the people that believed him, look, you got to make your allegiance. You got to make your allegiance clear. Either you're going to follow me no matter what the cost or you're going to try to compromise. And if you try to compromise, I want no part of you. And that's what I mean out of human respect, no matter what the cost. Because Jesus doesn't want 50% of you. He doesn't want 75% of you. He doesn't even want 90%. He wants 100% of you. And if that means, and, and by the way, the saints and the doctors and the fathers of the church have all said this. We're not meant to have a bed of roses while we're on this earth. Now, depending on how God wants to deal with us as individuals, your results may vary, but the bottom line is, um, you know, I don't know how many people used to tell me throughout my life, they were right, but for, probably for the wrong reasons. They, you know, they say, oh, God, God really loves you. God really loves you. And I used to get pissed because, you know, I, I've seen stuff that I wish I'd never seen. And as far as I was concerned, you know, I was of the mindset, well, if God loved me, you know, out of ignorance, obviously, that I, I would I would have uh, a peaceful, restful life. That's not it at all. Some of the saints actually used to get, um, like if they had a good day, like nothing, nothing untoward happened, either spiritually or temporally, they used to go into prayer and ask Jesus, what, are you mad at me? Is there something that I've done wrong? You need to send me more trials and tribulations. I don't want, you know, the peace and quiet. I want the trials and tribulations. But Obviously, the saints were saints for a reason, and I'm not saying that if you start the spiritual life that that should be your attitude. Quite frankly, I'm going to be honest, that's a concept that I'm still trying to work into, you know, because the flesh will fight you. So, basically, following the truth wherever it may leave you, and being no respecters of persons or for that matter, worldly, worldly issues is that something that is pretty basic to what Jesus taught in his gospels. Okay. I excuse the, the Protestants and for the most part, the Vatican II types, because basically Vatican II is Protestantism with a Catholic facade. They're ignorant. They don't know better. But we as Sedevacantists have to understand this implicitly. 
If we truly love Jesus and the Blessed Mother, no sacrifice is too great, no cause is too big. Um, whatever they require of it, require of us, we do it without question or hesitation. And just to close out this final thought, um, oh, I wish I could remember the saint's name. Some of you said the Vicantists out there will know who I'm talking about. But there was a saint, I want to say Thomas Aquinas, I'm probably wrong on that, but God does not command impossibilities of us. Now, if you truly understand that God made us as individuals, then God's not going to command of you of something that you're not ready for, you're too ignorant, you're not, you know, you you basically are incapable of. He's not going to ask that. He will give you what you can handle. But by doing that, you have to show the willingness to do it. That's the bottom line. You know, if he wants you to do something, we have to have the courage of our convictions, which is what this all boils down to, to do it. So anyway, guys, once again, marathon, my bad. I said I previous episode, I was going to try to keep it under uh, an hour. Um, but apparently... When it comes to the spiritual life, I get a little rambly. Anyway, I really thank you for your time and um, your attention. You know, a lot of people would not want to sit through an hour and 20 minutes podcast. But I, if you've made it this far, I want to humbly thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me your time and attention. And I hope and I pray that you've gotten something out of this. Um, I love you. I, I love you as best as I can as a flawed, failed individual can love another person that they don't know. Um, you know... I, I love you as my fellow human beings and my fellow children of Jesus and the Blessed Mother. Um, and I'm new to this. This, you know, I'm absolutely new to this frame of outlook. So obviously, like anything else, you know, when it when a new when a newborn starts to crawl, you don't expect them to pop up and start racing throughout the house at least i would hope not so this it's the same thing in the spiritual life i'm basically a very very um novice i'm a novice to this stuff i you know i claim nothing but um i want to see as many people get to heaven as possible I, I, I want to say that. And in closing, I want to say, once again, thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.